With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe-Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lock-away channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. I've been wanting to talk with Rebecca Alvarez's story for a while. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, sexologist, and intimate product developer. Three titles that do not often go together, but... I'm glad we waited for this moment, when like many of my very favorite conversations, we find Rebecca and her company Bloomy, a wellness brand focused on clean, intimate care essentials, at an inflection point, asking the very familiar question, will what got us here get us to where we want to go next? Rebecca, finally, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad it worked. I'm so happy to have this conversation. Rebecca, among the things you say about intimacy is that so much of the root of intimacy is unlearning bad sex ed. What was the bad sex ed that you grew up with? My bad sex ed was actually no sex ed to start with. I definitely saw love and my parents modeled that so well, but in terms of like in my community, in my school, did we have sex education? Not really, because it was abstinence-only education in high school. It's wild that someone goes from growing up in an environment that is abstinence-only to, I mean, by the time you were in college, you were very clear that you want to study sex and sexuality. I sit at the intersection of so many things. Being Latina, a woman, I was a single mom at that time. I just felt like I could relate to so many people's intimacy journeys, and I wanted to create the spaces where we could talk about it. I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but yes, in college, I um, I tell this story, you know, I was apprehensive about sexuality because my first year in college, I was actually assaulted, and I ended up transferring home. I ended up at Cal 
a very liberal, very progressive school where I could take so many wonderful classes that were holistic. And I share with people that it was very healing for me. I had great therapy. I had great all of that. But the education, it just transformed my life. When did it become clear to you that you were an entrepreneur? To be honest, I feel like I've always known this since I was little. I had that spirit of, oh, that should be a business. And why don't we have a solution? I would just see things differently than like the cousins I grew up with, I think. They would joke and say, why do you always have so many ideas? Why are you always so bossy? But it was just little. I was little and I was like taking initiative to create things. Talk me through the evolution of Bloomy, because as I understand it, the original idea was a multi-brand marketplace. How did it morph from that concept to a place for education, advice on intimacy with a line of sexual wellness products? I had been in the industry for 10 years. I was working as a consultant for startups, helping them with their product development. And I was coaching both singles and couples learning so much about intimacy challenges, intimacy goals, and really helping people in a lot of different ways, where at the end of so many of my sessions, my clients wanted solutions. They wanted the book, the product, the toy, the whatever it was. And so I would manually send this to them. I started creating a list, but it was a little bit (laughs) like, it was a lot of work on my end to always like curate. And so what I did is I said, I'm just going to put these products that I recommend that are clean because it's very important that these products be healthy, especially for these areas of the body, put them all on a page. And that was the beginning of Bloomy where I had multiple brands. They were my favorite clean brands that I would recommend in the category. And then when I developed our first product with our team, it was called Bloomy Arousal Oil. We still sell it. It's a bestseller. That was just the beginning of a pivot for us. And that's why we fundraised and why we ended up really focusing on Bloomy's products, making solutions for products that I wish I had 10 years ago. The question I'm about to ask you seems particularly relevant given the timing of your and my conversation, but I want to take us back to April 2022. Your line is set to debut at Target and your funding falls short. How does that happen? (laughs) Funding for women of color entrepreneurs is severely lower than what it should be. There is less than 1% of funding that is going to entrepreneurs of color, Latina founders. So I never use that as an excuse. But when I went out and I fundraised, I did everything by the book. I trained, I did accelerators, I did boot camps. I had a cis white male co-founder. I had everything you're supposed to, and I'm using quotes, to have. And we fell short. We wanted to raise 2 million. We raised 1 million. So what did I do? I ended up seeing that there is no standard for my industry. This is new. Intimacy companies were not being venture backed at that time. And I just realized I'm going to have to do things differently. So we crowd raised. We basically opened up part of our round to the community where they could invest 100 or $200 minimum. We raised almost a million dollars that way, two different times. And then we also, I took out personal loans. We had a few angels give us personal loans. I took out a line of credit. Like I did everything to make sure that we could have sufficient capital to meet the demands of going into retail. And even with that, I'll say when founders ask me, what does it take to go into retail? It's so big of a question. I want to sit down and go through things with people, but you have to 
estimate how much you're going to need to be on shelf, stay on shelf is that's even harder market and to not plan to be profitable right away. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the ball is filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. For those of us who have not been through the process of bringing a product to store shelves, it's hard to understand how you have $2 million, you spend it on making sure that you get product to the shelf, you spend it on auxiliary things, as you said, marketing to make sure that you're actually driving consumers to the shelf, but then the product starts moving. Mm -hmm. How, as the product starts moving, is the product moving, but the line is not profitable? Mm-hmm. Basically, from the time you are manufacturing a product to the time you are paid for that product is much longer than people realize. It takes anywhere from four to six months to manufacture a product. So you're paying for product way in advance. You need the influx of capital up front, and then you ship it to Target or your retailer or your 3PL, right? And then- What's a 3PL? A third-party logistics partner. So it's your- operations warehouse partner. Then from there, they send it to distribution centers at Target. Then it goes to shelf. Then 60 days later, you're paid. So it's not, I gave them a product and I got paid. So what happens a lot of times is I've seen founders run out of capital because they, maybe they estimated for going on shelf, but they didn't estimate how long it was going to take to get paid, or they didn't estimate how much they needed to spend on marketing. So it's a long cash flow process. And at the same time, like this isn't the only thing that needs capital in the business. You have a team, you have other retailers, you have .com, you have event activations. There's just like a lot of 
initial capital that is needed to have a successful brand if you're going into mass retail. You talk about Bloomy being an inclusive brand, but it strikes me the fact that you are a Latina founder, and I think you've been given a decent amount of platforming on Latina platforms, that there is some acknowledgement that this is a part of your core audience, your core market. I wonder what the market research has shown you about the unique challenges of connecting your product with a Latina consumer. Because Latinas exist at very interesting intersection of we have traditionally been both hypersexualized. There was a point at which before Google cleaned up its algorithms, if you Google Latina, the first thing that came up was Latina porn. And growing up very often in cultures, communities, households where we were supposed to be the Virgin Mary and contending with those competing ideas and competing demands has become central to many of our senses of self and sexuality. So for you, trying to connect your brand with that consumer, what is the chasm you're trying to cross? The company over-indexes in Latinos. So we have more than the average amount compared to other brands. We also have more Black people in our community and more queer people in our community than other brands do. So our team, our community, our customers, leadership team included, we're all diverse. So for me, when I think of the Latina consumer who has a lot of the, a lot of the experiences where religion has impact, lack of sex education has impact, but also hypersexualizing, like you mentioned, is at the forefront of our media. There's a disconnect. And I think what I'm trying to do with anything I create, including Bloomy, is show people that it is okay to love your body. It is okay to talk about sex. And what you see in 99% of porn is not real. It's not common. And I'm trying to basically create spaces where people can read about that part of the body, whether it's your intimate skin, penis, vagina, vulva. And I'm trying to create the products that make you not shy to buy and not embarrassed to be using them. It's I'm trying to strike a balance between not being a salesperson because I am not, but I also know that what we're creating is changing people's lives. We've tracked our progress so far, and I think we're up to like 22 million moments of pleasure have been created by the products that we've put out into the world. I've spoken with so many founders who are people of color, and they explain the challenges of going into rooms where they're explaining a need that very often the cis, white, hetero men in the room just it's not their lived experience. And so they're not drawing from that. And so they have trouble understanding what the need is. I have to imagine that just magnifies when you're talking about sex and sexuality, which already is challenging in a lot of rooms. What is the wildest thing that has happened to you as you have fundraised in those rooms? I had (laughs) a lot of investors think I was joking. They would kind of just laugh through the pitch like, are you serious? It's like, what part of the pitch didn't look serious, right? I've had investors do the traditional really annoying thing of saying, okay, I'm going to ask my wife what they think about these products first. As if, you know, I've already said these products are not just for women. This is for all bodies, just intimate skin or intimacy. But I would say in general too, just 
as a sexologist, not even fundraising before all of this, there were a lot of cis white men that I feel like hit on me and I didn't appreciate that. And there is an assumption, I feel like, especially if you think back five, 10 years where here I am, this young single person, and I'm talking about sex, I must be very open to like your invitations of sex. That line would get crossed a lot. You mentioned something in passing that I I need to go back to, which is your being a young solo mom. Because I think that there are a lot of women who are young solo moms who also feel deeply entrepreneurial, but think to themselves, well, that opportunity has passed or that opportunity is not for me now that I am locked in the mom hustle. And so I want to know both how you made it work But almost more importantly, like how you said to yourself, why not me? Why not do this? How did you flip that sense of, I'm a mom, like I'm already the CEO of an enterprise. Let me become the CEO of one that has a tax status and is codified. Being a single mom, I say, has been the hardest thing I've ever had to do. So I was pregnant my last semester at Cal and I was so excited to start my career and I was excited to be a mom, but I actually made the decision that I was going to be a single mom during my pregnancy. And one of the things that I thought I was not going to have time for was going to be really going into like a sexology career. I thought I was going to have to focus more on high paying jobs and things like that. So I would be registered in these, you know, like MBA programs And there was a master's program going on with human sexuality across the hall. And I went over and mind you, I would actually bring my daughter to some of my classes because I had to. And I would talk with the professors in advance. Grad school, I think, is a little more lenient than undergrad. And so I took a class and it just, I was like, I have to be here. So registered, decided I was going to go that route. And just having that space where it's like a professor who's supportive a community that's passionate about the work that I'm passionate with. And I have my little two or three-year-old, you know, watching Dora with her little iPad to the right. I felt safe and I felt like I could pursue my passion. And the more that I continue to just find those spaces, the more that I felt like I can create this, I can do this. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. We are connecting at a pretty special moment for you. Tell me about the moment I find you in right now. A few things. I feel a shift happening for me personally, for the company. We're on this verge for Bloomy of incredibly high growth. We're in 1,500 Target stores. But now that I'm inside of the retailer, understand the challenges of staying on shelf. And I do feel like it's an important few months for us, for our buyer team there to see that the community wants these products there. And it's not that sales are bad. It's more the comparison. We are compared to billion-dollar brands. There is no difference. You can literally see who's sitting on the shelf right next to us. So what we need to do is we need to almost 
do more with less, which is something I am used to, but blue me is bigger than what I can handle now. I can't, you know, put a thousand dollars, $10,000 or take out a loan on my house. Like I can't do that anymore. We are now talking about millions of dollars. And so it's a sensitive time for the company where every purchase is more critical than before. But also I feel like I'm incredibly happy being the CEO, but what I really miss is I miss fully being in content and fully being on the sexology side. So you've seen this throughout the life of the company, but I sprinkle that in, you know, as being a CEO, it's not a traditional CEO role though. So I'm also evaluating how I want to move forward in terms of the team and the growth and where I'm going to be the best asset for the team and the company that we're building. So it's reflection time. It's like hardcore. Let's get as much visibility on the brand time and try to plan ahead as much as possible for these big opportunities. I meant that to be my last question, but now I have more questions, which is one, I generally (laughs) tear up when someone shares the personal elements of their story. Of course, in this conversation, I'm tearing up because I so hear the frustration of being compared to products and to companies that are simply better resource and the legacy of exclusion and discrimination that leads to that place. And this idea that we're constantly competing on uneven playing fields. And where I want to just tip my hat to you, Rebecca, is I'm not sure that I, in your position, am am not throwing my hands up in the air and saying, well, then screw it, right? Like I'm never going to be able to compete because this is not even. And the metrics you're asking me to hit are not fair. And so the whole game is rigged and I'm done. Yeah. And I'm actually tearing up now watching you kind (laughs) of, no, it's, I had a really good friend, Anna from We All Grow. She's like everyone's madrina. (laughs) She is. She's the fairy godmother for Latinas. Um, She just asked this question, like, wait a minute, I walked her through everything. And she said, then how do you succeed? And I was like, it's just not going to be fair. I just have to do my best. And so that's what I feel like kind of grounds me. Like as long as I'm being intentional and I'm doing my best. I feel like I will always be satisfied with that. Do I want this company to be like a multi hundred million dollar company? Yes. But for the reasons people may not know, I have the same aspirations as so many of us that are first gen or have immigrants in our families. The way that I structured this company, I have never seen a company like this. I created what I did not see. And that's really hard in so many ways, but it's so beautiful too, because we have almost a thousand investors from our community. I want to be successful, but I also like... For everyone, you want to be successful for all of us. Yeah, for all of us. And that's just a different weight than wanting to be successful for yourself. Right. And the weight is great in so many ways. And I, I want to... I want to make it light. And I also want to say like, I know the category I'm in. It's very playful and it can be very fun. But just like sex, I feel like business is complicated. And there's things people don't see that I like, you know, very easily my mental health could have taken a toll, but I feel like I'm protecting myself along the way and asking for guidance and reaching out for help. And so I am proud of where we are. And I feel like this is a really pivotal time where you're going to see Bloomy really take off or, and in some ways I feel like things just have to change to make sure that I continue to feel very good and energized. I love you. Thank you for this, Rebecca. Thank you, Alicia. 
Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Cochin Tashiro is our lead producer. Trent Lightburn mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at Latina to Latina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. Every time you share the podcast, every time you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.